Welcome to the Possibility Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton, AKA Possibility Man. We're committed to bringing you guests who strive to better people's lives and serve as a force for good in the world. Our guest today is Tracy Pleshcourt. She is a certified life and mental fitness coach and teacher. She serves clients who are seeking transformation in their lives and businesses, problem solving, setting and achieving goals, emotional health, her physical health and prosperity are among the areas where she works with individuals to help them make measurable improvements in their life and work. She's the founder and CEO of Self Made You, where she shares specific tools with individuals who want to end personal suffering and optimize their life. Tracy Pleshcourt, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Stephen. I have to say, you didn't even ask me how to pronounce my last name, and you got it on the first try. <laughs> Bravo, my friend. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> awesome. But look, I got a ton of questions. I'm excited about our conversation. But first, to our listeners and viewers, follow, like, and share this podcast wherever you find it. Tracy, you would, you will not say it, but I tell you, you are on the world stage now, and I can see from studying you, you're making a difference in the world. Did you see this coming when you were in high school or even your later education? Not one bit. <laughs> No, <laughs> I love to inspire people. That is definitely my calling, but I never knew that it would look the way it looks today. Uh-huh. So what was life like for you before self-made you? You know, before self-made you, um, as an adult, I managed or operated an advertising agency. And um, it was a very fast paced kind of sexy environment to be in. You're, you work amongst the most creative people on some of the coolest brands. Um, but with that came a lot of sacrifice. Um, I would say a lot of mental, emotional, personal sacrifices. Um, I today, looking back at that time in my life, I look back on it with so much gratitude because I learned so much and I have a very significant contrast to um, appreciate between, you know, that life and today's life. Um, and it too, not unlike, you know, my, my childhood, I had this deep desire to inspire people. I felt that while I was in more of that corporate world. Um, but I didn't feel like I was able to execute on that um, within the walls, within that container. And so when I decided to leave that world, I are arguably, I was at kind of the top of my game. Um, but I just, I felt this calling to do something more. So um, call it naive, call it courage. I don't know. I still don't know to this day. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't know what the road was going to look like. Cause I might not have had the courage to say goodbye to that life and, and, and enter into this world of entrepreneurship, but I did. And, um, I did it with this, you know, kind of this being fueled to inspire other people. And I think I inspire through a combination of teaching you know, bringing forth a curriculum as well as coaching. And those are two very different things, but that is what we offer at Self Made You. And it's constantly evolving. It's, I think that, you know, living the life, an optimized life, you have to kind of wrap your head around what it means to be in this constant state of becoming. And every day I write a little note to myself and I remind myself how I am a reflection of a very powerful business that is constantly in this state of becoming. So my business is that way. And as well as me as a human being, I feel like I'm in this constant state of becoming. And so I bring that forward to a lot of our students um, who struggle with maybe not having a purpose, or they struggle with not having overcome some 
a certain problem or they struggle with not having yet achieved a goal. And I remind them that this is a journey of becoming. This is not a, you know, like um, this is not holding any sort of happiness or our purpose until you hit a finish line. Like it, you, all of those feelings of, you know, having a purpose or being happy or um, feeling fulfilled, all of that is available to you right now. We do not need to hold that until you cross some finish line. And so to me, another way of saying that is this is a constant act of becoming. So yeah, it my life looks a lot different than what it used to look like, but all of that was supposed to have happened because that was part of the journey that has like brought me to where I am today, for sure. Uh-huh. We're glad that you're here doing what you're doing. Now, self-made you, Tracy, advertises something to me. I'm not sure what others think when they see it, but it's like you are advertising that it's possible for an individual to actually create the life that they want. Now, let me ask you, what prompted you to go in this direction, self-made you? You you didn't do just personal, just a self-made you. What, what prompted this? Yeah, I think that, you know, looking back on my life, I was constantly scanning all of the options to solve my problems or to achieve my goals that were outside of me. It never occurred to me that there could be a reliance on myself to actually accomplish things. It never occurred to me. So I spent so many years looking for that silver bullet or looking for the authority figure, somebody who knew more than me, when in reality, there is nobody better than me to guarantee my own success. But I had to, I had to understand that, that it really takes a sense of self-control in order to achieve my goals. It is a responsibility of my own doing. Um, and, and I don't think people understand a, that, that that's actually possible and B how to do that. So self-made you was birthed from the objective of bringing that forward, explaining to people that it's, it literally resides within you to overcome these obstacles, to solve your problems, to achieve your goals. There is no need to go outside of yourself. Now, I the caveat to that is there are a lot of great mentors. There are a lot of great examples and models out there that you can be inspired by. I'm not suggesting that this has to be a journey, a lonely journey, but when it comes to, you know, learning how to think and putting that into practice, that all is inherent within you. That is not something that somebody can do for you. And so that's what we teach. I think formal education sadly leaves this very big gaping hole on how to think in order to solve problems, in order to achieve goals. They teach you what to think, but they don't teach you how to think. And so Self-Made You is the school that fills that gap. We teach you how to think so that you are self-reliant. Um, you go within and that's never going to leave you. That's never going to elude you. It's always there. And so we start with a belief in that. And sometimes I go into the neuroscience of that. You know, I go into the, the science of your brain to, to really prove that to you. Our brains all want evidence. So we go into science so that you fully understand that evidence. And that's where we can start and we can start to build from. And then we go into the evidence of your own personal experience. Nobody can argue that, you know, this was the experience that you had through thinking, feeling, and behaving in such a way. Like I literally show them their experience that they can't argue. And now we just kind of reverse architect that in a very intentional way to get the result that they actually want. And so, um, 
you know, I like to say that self-made you, we really kind of dive into math and science. I show you your mind math that created the result that you're currently experiencing. We teach you the neuroscience so that you can start to understand that you're not broken. It's just a function of your primitive brain that has you afraid, that has you holding back. And then we teach you how to tap into your self-made mind to create everything that you ever wanted, but that fear has held you back from receiving. Yeah, we will unpack that rich segment there for our guests as we go forward. But I want to go back a little bit. When did you know that self-made you was it? The name of your business, your consulting firm. You know, did you doodle a little bit? Did you? <laughs> when did it happen? How did that happen for you? Yeah, it was um, late 2019. So really, um, it was the pandemic that really kind of affirmed the the brand. I would say. Um, so in 2019, I had started putting a name, putting a brand to what it was that I was doing. I was creating um, a container for people to better understand how to become self-made. And it really had a strong emphasis on purpose-driven businesses. I've always had a heart for helping other people create purpose-driven businesses. Actually, that was a, a component of my responsibility at the advertising agency. I not only created uh, purpose, you know, extra purpose, like, um, do good campaigns for our personal, our agency, but I would help some of our bigger brands do that as well. So when I started my own business, I wanted to have a bigger purpose and I really wanted to put purpose and people over profits. And so, um, and I also wanted to teach people how to, like reflect their own values in their business. And to me, that was what it meant to be self-made. It was really like taking responsibility for your unintentional results and your intentional results, as well as indirectly and directly teaching other people how to do the same thing. And so I played around with it. Yes, I doodled. <laughs> I Googled. I, you know, played in the synonyms. But I always knew that being self-made, it it wasn't an egotistical title at all, which I think it can be confused as something ego-driven. And it's not. It's more purpose-driven. Um, and it really requires you to kind of wrap your arms around taking responsibility for all of your results, whether they were intentional or not, and really operating from a place of like responsibility and really being willing to model that operation for other people and teaching it, like I said, in an indirect and a direct way. We actually have a path for people at self-made you who want to go on and impact other people's lives through teaching our methodology. We have a career path for them because we know just over the course of the last two and a half years, so many people have gone through our programs and have said, you know, this has impacted not only my life, but it's impacted my family's life and my friend's life. And I want to do this in a bigger way. And so I was like, okay, you know, it's like, there's something to be said for living that purpose. Like that, I think is what it really means to be self-made or self-actualized. And, and so I created a career path for people who want to do that. And I don't think that we can have too many teachers out there or life coaches out there doing what, you know, some of the coaches that self-made you are doing. It's just, it's, it's so rewarding, but it's so impactful and it changes our world. So um, I knew, I knew for sure, I feel it in every bit of my being that, you know, we will be a household name. I believe that we are filling this gap that the formal education system kind of leaves. And um, 
it's, it's knowledge that everybody needs to know. And it really does limit the unnecessary suffering that's happening right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm on a mission. We're, yeah. we are going to make some really big impacts this year specifically. So it's, it's been really fun to let that fuel me like to, that's my goal is to become a household name. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but it's really driving me to think big. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, the moment I saw self-made you, it grabbed me. So I love, I love that, that name for your firm. Now you, you know, you attract a wide range of individuals I've noticed, a corporate executives, you know, business individuals, uh, teachers, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, construction workers. Yeah. Why do they come to you? Why do all of these people come to you, Tracy? Well, I would say for starters, <laughs> you know, we started small and it was absolutely, our business was built on referrals. So it started with that one person who had significant, you know, transformation who couldn't help, but, you know, tell other people or show other people, you, you other people can't help, but notice. And so if I'm being honest, it started through referrals. And that's why I think we have such a diverse, you know, collection of students. We do have students from all walks of life, all socioeconomical statuses. I mean, it is like, it is, I'm so proud of that because there isn't anyone that this operating system doesn't apply to. There isn't any circumstance that this operating system can't solve. And so, um, but yeah, I, I would say if that's a much harder sell, you know, through social media or paid advertising, I know coming out of the advertising world, how tricky it can be to capture the attention of, you know, a cold audience. So I'm so grateful that my business was built on referrals, um, but now we're out there in a much bigger way. Um, but I would say that, you know, you change one person's life and they transform, they are so compelled to share that message of, you know, how to li limit or uh, eliminate these, this unnecessary suffering that, that they mm -hmm. see happening. So yeah, it is. It's definitely um, a fuel that kind of ignites with one person and it spreads really quick. And I'm so grateful for that. Right. You know, a self-made you is very bold about what it offers. As you've mentioned a phrase a few times since this conversation started, and it is self-made you can help individuals end unnecessary suffering. Mm -hmm. How does, how can self-made you do this? Let's yeah. try to look at this together. Well, so I think the the term unnecessary suffering um, implies that some suffering is necessary. And I do believe that. I do not believe that we need to keep our children from any sort of suffering. I think that, you know, we do learn through our mistakes. And I think it is through those like unwanted feelings that we really heighten our level of understanding ourselves, understanding our behaviors and how our behaviors lead to our results. So suffering in it, you know, in its, um, in its genesis, like it, it is necessary, but if you start to compound suffering, if you start to kind of beat yourself up over the suffering that's happening, or if you have a result in your life that you don't like, and you, you just sit and spin for those people who are overweight and have a thought that, you know, they're, you know, predisposed, genetically predisposed to be overweight or to be big boned. And they are just sitting and spinning in that place. It's like, that is unnecessary suffering. They are like compounding the suffering with this self-loathing. And so that's what we teach people to do, to overcome. It's like, we can start to recognize like what is creating this experience. It's all st starting at the level of your mind. There's a belief there that you've been operating from that's very fear-based. 
And so when you recognize that, that you're not broken, it's just, you haven't been taught. You haven't yet been taught how to think differently so that you yeah. feel differently, so that you show up differently. Right. That's how we eliminate the unnecessary suffering. I love it, Tracy. I'm going to stay with this and slow it down a little bit just for our listeners and our viewers to really get this. So what I'm hearing you say is that if I'm walking down the street and trip and fall and bruise my shin, you know, and it's bleeding, then I'm suffering that in that moment but it's something specific that I'm suffering. Is that right? That's, That's exactly just, right. Okay. All right. So, you know, there's nothing to be alarmed about. Just take care of that, right? Take care of that problem. Right. But what I heard you also say, though, is that in the mind, and what I'm suffering in the mind may or may not be true. If it's not true, then you say something can be done about it. What can be done about it? Take us into this world. I've never seen this before. You talked about the prodigy mind and the primitive mind, primitive mind. Take us in it and help us, help me understand how that may help me end the suffering in the mind. Yeah. So let's just stay with that same example. You're walking down the street, you trip and you fall and you um, scrape up your shin and it's bleeding. And you, by default, your primitive brain that left unmanaged starts being very reactive. Okay. It has a lot of thoughts kind of stored in that thought bank that we have like been living from those, the messaging that we've been exposed to since the day we were born, those thoughts, those opinions, the, the way that we've translated the messaging is kind of living in that primitive mind bank. And so immediately you fall and you scrape up your leg and your primitive brain offers you a thought of, you're so stupid. How could you have <laughs> done that? Like you should know by now how to pick up your feet and not fall when you're walking down a sidewalk. Come on, Steven, right? Like that's what the primitive brain does. It, it jumps to a, like keeping you safe. The origins of our primitive brain was back in a primitive state that kept us very riddled with fear. So we were always like on alert. You know, we were always looking for that tiger that was going to jump out from behind the tree. Well, we have evolved as humans. We're not in a lot of danger, but yet our brain offers us those kinds of thoughts. They're very steeped in fear because it wants us to, it wants to keep us from experiencing any further pain or unwanted feelings. So it offers us, you should know by now, like you should, you should be better practiced at walking down a sidewalk, right? So when you notice that now, okay, you've now layered on unnecessary suffering, you're suffering because you've scraped up your leg and now you're layering on the self-loathing type of suffering. I want to say that the primitive brain thoughts and the feelings that are created from that, you can actually use those to your benefit. When you notice that that's happening, you can like time out. <laughs> that's coming from my primitive brain. It's meant to keep me safe. But if I don't manage that thought, it's going to sabotage me. I'm going to keep walking down this sidewalk, beating myself up with this horrible self-narrative. And then when I get to my destination, there's probably not a lot of good that's going to come from that destination. I'm going to walk into the grocery store, you know, shoulders kind of sagging, head looking down, not feeling real good about myself, probably embarrassed, you know, about what had just happened. And not a lot of good probably is going to come from me feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, by the time I, I get home, I'm probably going to like, you know, lash out at anybody that crosses my path. I'm going to talk and fixate about how bad my day is because I fell. Whereas if I would have let that unwanted feeling that showed up when that primitive brain thought happened and let that trigger me that, oh, this is my opportunity to actually manage my mind from a prodigy place. Like I think that I think of our mind 
our brain is having two parts. It has the primitive part that's meant to keep us safe, but left unmanaged, it will sabotage you. And then we have the prodigy part. The prodigy part is where we can be very intentional. We can become aware of those unwanted thoughts and use them with intention. So now I'm like, okay, that unwanted feeling, that kind of feeling of defeat, that beat down, I'm going to let that be the trigger of questioning that thought, reminding myself yeah. that's just a primitive brain thought. Now I'm going to question that. Is that even true? Like, should I never fall? Like, of course I should fall. That's where I'm going to learn. That's where I'm going to strengthen the muscles. That's where I'm going to get better, right? That's what's going to actually keep me from maybe falling in a much more dramatic way someday. Like I can start to question that line of thinking and, and, and like use the perspective that there's actually a gift and an opportunity in that circumstance, in that situation. And now I'm operating from my prodigy brain. And when you're operating from your prodigy brain, you can tap into all sorts of strengths, but those strengths are unavailable to you if you are operating from your primitive brain. So right. we teach an awareness, how to be keenly aware of when you're operating from your primitive brain, not to beat yourself up over it. It's It has a purpose. Its purpose is to kind of trip the trigger. And so you can self-coach yourself and, and get yourself operating from that prodigy part of your brain. And that's where the magic happens. When you're operating mm -hmm. from your prodigy brain, now you're creating results with intention. You're no longer on default or on autopilot, just willy-nilly creating, you know, anything that might happen in a day. We, when you're in your prodigy brain, everything's happening with intention. And I and love I'm it, not, Tracy. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not an all or nothing thing, right? You have a self-made mind. There are two components, the primitive and the prodigy. There is at no point where the primitive is going to be shut down. So Part of operating from your prodigy brain is, is an, ex, in an expectation that you're going to have primitive brain thoughts, but you're not going to make that mean anything about you. Wow. Yes. Okay. Look, what I hear, what I hear what you say is clearly is that this primitive brain and all of us have felt it. Every human being has felt this and we know it because it just doesn't feel good. <laughs> it yeah. does is that right right Tracy? It does not feel good, right? Exactly. And that's and you say that's the alert to say wait a minute. I'm I'm thinking some thoughts down. That's not healthy. Let me do something else. So is it you know the primitive brain I get. I'm still not clear though on the prodigy brain. Can you help me get a better grasp of what you mean by that? Yeah. So the prodigy brain, from a scientific standpoint, it's your prefrontal cortex. It has the ability to be intentional. It has um, the ability to question, right? It's really when you're more present. And so people by default operate from their primitive brain. It's more of an autopilot. So it does take intention. When I tell my clients, this is not a silver bullet. This is going to require you to roll up your sleeves and do the work. I'm going to teach you the science, but teaching you the science is just insight for you. Without application, we're not going to see any change. It's, it's really an 80-20. takes 80% application, 80% practice. That is going to actually happen with intention. And you, that is going to require you to be in your prodigy brain. So we've got all sorts of tools that help support you being in your prodigy brain, you know, noticing when you are operating from your primitive brain, again, not making that mean anything, just noticing it and kind of shelving it. Just that noticing allows you to have a certain amount of empathy for your humanness. And again, empathy is one of the strengths of your prodigy brain. So the minute you can kind of empathize with your humanness to have those kind of thoughts, now you're back in your prodigy brain. So mm -hmm. it's not as hard as it sounds. Um, but it does take intention. And so there's five strengths of your prodigy brain. All of our students learn that. And so that's very helpful in knowing those five strengths. Now you can very quickly tap into it. Like if you don't know 
the enemy that you're trying to fight, it's very difficult to fight it. If you don't know the strengths that you can use in that fight, it's very difficult to use them. So um, we teach the kind of those saboteur narratives that happen within the within the primitive brain. And we teach the strengths of the prodigy brain that you can use in this ongoing battle that happens on any given day. <laughs> you know, Tracy, I'm so glad you gave us labels for this thing that, as I said, humans go through. I want to play with a few words now with you and use the primitive prodigy, you know, kind of dynamic. Um, let's say fear. Now, fear could be not so unhealthy, primitive pro pro primitive prodigy, primitive prodigy. Help us with that fear. Uh, yeah. The fear that holds you back, that tells you, I never get it right. I should not ever apply for another job. I should be, you know, that's a different type of fear than prodigy, right? Primitive yes. prodigy, fear. Yeah, so I would say the best way to think about your primitive and prodigy brains are the type of thoughts, the sentences that are running through your mind you know, often the primitive sentences, they, you don't even recognize them. It's almost like this kind of underlying belief that you operate from. So they're very hard to even recognize. And because they're very rooted, they feel like they're part of you. So those fears of like, you shouldn't, or you should have, or, um, uh, you know, any of the, any of the limiting beliefs that we operate from, they're all fear-based. They are all coming from our primitive brain. Now, again, our primitive brain does have a purpose. Its purpose is to keep you safe. So if we didn't have a primitive brain, we wouldn't be afraid of the bus that's, you know, crossing the road that we would otherwise step in front of. So you definitely, the primitive brain definitely has a purpose, but we don't need to live our life from fear. We can say, yes, I've learned that lesson. I know that that's buses driving down, crossing the road can be a scary thing. Therefore, I'm not going to walk in front of it. It had a purpose. It can be extreme though. If we aren't managing, utilizing our prodigy brain and and kind of acknowledging that purpose, then we are gonna live a life of fear, which is going to hold us back from overcoming any of our challenges, any of our problems. And it's certainly gonna keep us from going after some of the bigger goals that we have for ourselves, because we're going to be consistently worried about what other people are gonna think, or we're gonna be consistently worried about the fails that we might endure when in reality the fails are nothing to be afraid of that is actually when we learn the best we learn the best yeah. through the fails you think about a baby who's learning how to walk every time they fall they are strengthening those muscles that are going to assist them in walking right so they need to fall in order to strengthen those muscles so uh, my students need to fail in order to strengthen those prodigy brain muscles. And part of yeah. that prodigy brain muscle is just awareness and acceptance of the primitive brain that makes up the human brain. The three pounds that reside between our ears are made up of that primitive and prodigy. And it's our job to manage that, to kind of be the, like the conductor. We're orchestrating how we're going to operate that self-made mind. Mm -hmm. So the primitive, just to use something very simple, the primitive brain may say to a person, if you don't brush your teeth, you may get cavities. You say, that's not really a big deal. But if the person then feels they have to brush their teeth, like every hour, then maybe that primitive brain has gotten out of hand. Is that right. about right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, that can, a lot of like the OCD tendencies um, are, you know, they are being fueled by that primitive brain, that fear that has not been managed. So it's yeah. really recognizing like, where is that line being able to question that thinking your primitive brain is offering a thought that if you don't constantly brush your teeth, you're going to end up with a mouthful of cavities. Now the prodigy brain is going to have you question that thinking. Is that true? That's not true. What is true? We need to brush our teeth twice a day to avoid cavities, right? So it's like, it 
it really just requires the intentional questioning that's only available to us from our prodigy brain. So yes, mm -hmm. the primitive brain left unmanaged can spiral into some of those OCD type behaviors. Yeah. You know, another thing that a lot of people talk about these days um, is dealing with their mistakes. Now, what might the primitive brain tell you about mistakes and how might the private prodigy brain help you resolve the torture that the primitive brain may be heaping on a person? Yeah. So your primitive brain is telling you, you need to avoid mistakes at all cost. Yeah. That's, I would say that's the underlying belief or sentence that's running through all of our minds, <laughs> but that is coming from our primitive brain that we must avoid mistakes at all cost. Now, if you recognize that you're feeling fearful of taking the next step in any direction for any reason, you've got to question that thought, that sentence that's running through your head. Question that. Is that true? And what would actually come from me avoiding any sort of mistakes? That means I would be avoiding trying things. I would be avoiding learning things. I would be avoiding connecting with people. I would be avoiding all of the things that actually makes a, a vibrant life. So avoiding any sort of mistake is having me play really, really small. And I mean, far be it from me to cast judgment on the people who want to play small. My audience are the people who actually want to play big. They want to optimize their life. So, you know, for some people who are operating from their primitive brain, and if they don't feel like that's a problem, then that's fine. I'm here to help the people who are raising their hand and saying, I actually noticed that this is a problem in my life and I want help overcoming that. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that you talk about something, I think it's one of your training tools, I, I think it's called the model. I know we've been kind of touching on it here, but can you tell us what is the model and how, why, how do you use it? Yeah, so I am certified um, by the Life Coach School, and the model is a tool that they teach us, all of their students um, are that we all learn this tool as a self-coaching um, support technique. And basically what it, it says is that every circumstance that you experience, you'll have a thought about it, whether it's an intentional or an unintentional thought. You have a thought about a circumstance that generates a feeling that has you behaving creating your results. So as I have adopted that technique, I've just, I've changed it a little bit because when you're operating from your primitive brain, you have a thought about a circumstance that generates a feeling that has you reacting. So your actions are a reaction. They're often very unintentional. They're very knee jerk. And Typically, when you're operating from your primitive brain, you you almost always get results that you would rather not. You would, if you, in retrospect, if you were looking at your, what I call the mind math or AKA model, when you're looking at that result, most people want a different result. But I love that primitive mind math or that primitive model because it very clearly shows you in black and white. It literally is like a math formula. It's like two plus two equals four. Most people are not going to argue that two plus two is four. Your thoughts plus your feelings create your reactions. And when you see that in black and white, it is just math. And now we can reverse architect that. And with intention, we can get results the math, what, what comes to this, this solution to that math problem can actually be manipulated, but it's only manipulated by those factors. So it's either the thoughts 
or the feelings that have got to change to change that behavior, the response. So on the prodigy brain mind math, it's a response. We want to be intentional with the way we're responding. I like to use the analogy, you go to a doctor because um, you have a broken arm and they are, or a pulled muscle or a cut and they prescribe something to you. And all of a sudden you notice you're having some sort of reaction to that prescription. The reaction is not the way that you want to proceed. You don't want to have a reaction. You actually want to respond favorably to that prescription. So it's, we don't want to be reactive. We want to be responsive. We want to have intentional responses that requires us again, to be operating from our prodigy brain. So the mind math is the model that I learned from the life coach school, but we have manipulated it a little bit. So your thoughts create your feelings, which have you responding, creating your results. Now, this is all very intentional, but when you see it in black and white, it becomes very tangible. Like it's not so abstract anymore. We don't, we, we're not going to argue it or debate it because this is our experience, but it's now in black and white. Now we can like manipulate it. Yeah. So that's what you mean by mind math. That's the first time I've seen the phrase mind math. What you're saying is that if you're thinking certain thoughts, the outcome is going to be predictable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly okay. it. And so that mind math formula is on my website um, with the instructions on exactly how to use that. And it's totally free. So um, I would recommend that anybody who wants to, you know, try their hand using that tool. It's a very simple tool. Um, and it it's very, very powerful to see how and why you're creating the results in your life that you aren't intending to create and how and why you can be intentional in creating anything that you've ever desired. Yeah. And so yeah. it's a very, very powerful tool. Um, like I said, it looks just like this. And then there's also the um, instructions that go along with it. Right. Wow. Boy, the thinking plays a role in our life. I guess we all know that, but now we are learning that that's really true. With yeah. you. So yeah. now you also talk about, and I know we've been, you know, dancing around it since we started this conversation and you have mentioned it, the self-operating system. Tell us more about what that is, what that's about. Yeah. So when you have a sense of self-control, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, just at first blush, people think of self-control as an action. Like they'll think about, you know, I have no self-control when it comes to a plate of cookies, right? They think of it as now they're diving into the cookies. They think of it as an action or an inaction, like keeping them themselves from grabbing the cookies. I think of self-control as a feeling, as a belief that I inherently within me can create any results that I want for myself. I inherently have the ability to overcome any problem in my life. So it's a feeling. It's a, that is very inherent, knowing how to tap into the strengths of my prodigy brain, having that awareness of when the primitive brain is actually active. Um, and so we have an operating system and because I need frameworks to operate from, I, I, I like to tell people your brain is not a vault. It's a processor. So you can only remember so much. So I really lean into frameworks to help me remember things. So the self-control operating system, it's a four-part system. It's S E L F. So you are not the problem. You just haven't learned how to tap into yourself, S-E-L-F, as the solution. So I want everybody to think of themselves as the solution. The S, the E, the L, the F. So the S stands for self-coaching. All that is, is asking yourself questions. Being intentional by asking yourself questions. The E stands for eliminating 
the obstacles. I want you to eliminate the obstacles you can see, and I want you to eliminate the obstacles you cannot see. Okay, so in your example of walking down the sidewalk, maybe your shoes don't fit, or maybe you're in flip-flops or something like that, and you recognize that as an obstacle for long-distance walks, but you think, ah, we're just going to go ahead and wear them, and then you trip and fall. Well, you probably could have eliminated that obstacle, but our brain wants to make things really hard, and so we don't, and we sabotage ourselves. So that's a real obvious obstacle, but there's also those obstacles you can't see, like those primitive brain narratives. And so when you become very aware of what primitive brain narratives are kind of rattling around in your subconscious, now we can fight them. They are the enemy that you can't see. And we need to bring forward what those narratives sound like. And so the mind math helps us with that. We can see patterns in our thinking. And that's how we eliminate those obstacles. The L is leveraging those prodigy brain strengths. Our prodigy brain has five inherent strengths that we can leverage. And then the F is forging intentional results. No more are we going to wake up and just wing it and just see what the day brings. No, 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 no. I teach my clients how to be really intentional. What is it that you want to be today? What is it that you want to be thinking? What is it that you want to be feeling? What do you want to be creating today? We're going to do that with intention. We're going to forge intentional results. So that's the S-E-L-F. That, my friend, is how we take control. I want you to feel like you have self-control. You have, you are equipped. You just need to know how to tap in to yourself as the solution. Ah, I get this feeling, Tracy, that what you call the optimized life can be taught. And self-made you has teachers who can show us how to do that. Uh, am I off base here? Or That's exactly it. That is exactly okay. it. Yeah. You know, I know from time to time you offer uh, trainings, you know, like a couple of days. Um, how often do, do those trainings come about? Yes. Yeah, so once a quarter, we teach the self control operating system. It, it's a three hour um, course over three days. So March 15th, 16th, and 17th. Um, it's $27. The whole thing is recorded. So you sign up and you um, have access to all three days and the recordings. And we go over the self-control operating system so that you feel equipped to utilize it and you know how to apply it because it literally has unlimited applications. So once a quarter, we do it live. And then in between those live sessions, we offer the recordings. So anybody uh -huh. can sign up for the upcoming um, mind. It's called Mind Over Matter three-day event. And if you are listening to this beyond that time, either get on the wait list for the next live course, or you can get the recording of the last one. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. It's 2023. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's too late for people who are watching this, like in April or May. I was in the class. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Like, I yeah, saw that you're out. signed up for this next one. <laughs> yeah, check out Self Made You if you want to get in, in the next class. Tracy, this this has been amazing. Um, gosh, it's like the science of living. You know, we don't get, no wonder you open, open with, we're not taught this stuff in school. And yeah. you are teaching this stuff now. So, So one last thing. Is it ever too late for us to learn the science of living? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, and I'm so glad you asked that question because I do think that our primitive brain does offer us that thought. You know, I, I have 70 plus year olds in my program who are so grateful that they've learned and they now apply what they've learned and they are absolutely influencing those people in their inner circle. So they're not only optimizing their life, but they are influencing those around them. So I don't care, you know, how many obstacles you have had to overcome or you feel like you still need to overcome, how long you've tried to overcome those um, or how old you are. It is never too late. And this is an actual, it's actually a very simple solution. So I would say, 
you know, either being too old or having tried too many things um, or it being too complicated, all of those are lies. Those are being fed to you by your primitive brain that's trying to keep you safe, trying to keep you from avoiding failure. I want you to recognize that. And I want you to try to chart a different course. If you're somebody who has always listened to your primitive brain, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose to try something different? And no, it, who knows how many different applications you could apply this to and for how long. And I just think that, you know, I, I want to challenge everybody to try something different and just recognize how their primitive brain is really holding them back from discovering the optimal life that they could be living. Fantastic. And you also host a podcast. Is that correct? I do. Yes. Secrets of the Self-Made is our podcast. And um, for the last year, maybe even two years, we've only um, interviewed our own students. And this year, we're now opening it up and we're going to interview all sorts of self-made people with all sorts of diverse stories. So I'm excited about that new endeavor. Fantastic. Tracy, I know we've talked a lot about, about a lot of things already, but is there anything else that you want to share with us before we end this show? You know, I, I think, Stephen, really, if I could leave your listeners with one thought to really try on is, you know, what if you've been wrong? Like, you know, if you are really bought and sold on a belief that you're too old or that you've tried it all or that nothing works. I want you to try on the thought, but what if you were wrong? What if you were wrong about that? Because maybe that was just a primitive brain thought that was trying to keep you safe. So just play around with that. And if you are so inclined to take that next step and better understand how you can tap into yourself as a solution. Um, Steven's gonna have a coupon code so you can even get into that three-day program for a, a really nominal price. Um, I would highly encourage you to do that. So just play around with that thought. What if you were wrong? Fantastic. Well, Tracy, it has been my pleasure sitting with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show with me. Thank you for having me. Okay. You've been listening to the Possibility Action Network podcast. Our guest today has been Tracy Pleshcourt. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton. Until next time, good day. You are not alone, just keep on.